Welcome in to another episode of Connor and Coverage. My name is Connor Riley here with Dog Nation talking the latest Georgia news, nuggets, updates. Fortunately this week, it doesn't look like any wide receivers were injured at practice today. I'm going to knock on some big wood there. Uh, and we can do our regularly scheduled programming here, talking about the latest in Georgia. They had their 10th practice today. We're going to talk a little bit about George Pickens, what JT Daniels had to say about Pickens, and what comes next for the talented wide receiver there. We're going to talk about two pass catchers who are early enrollees who are uh, turning some heads and doing so rather impressively. We've got Chris Smith and JT Daniels talking about them a little bit here. And then at the end of the show, we're going to talk a little bit about Adam Anderson. If uh, you watch Dog Nation Daily today, you know that we had Aziz Ojolari on this morning, and he said some really interesting stuff about Adam, and we've got some stuff from Kirby as well on Adam and what he might be able to do going into his senior season, someone who really seemed to turn the, the corner last season for Georgia and could be a very big part of this defense in 2021. My name is Connor Riley. This is Connor in coverage. We do this every Tuesday night during spring practice and probably during the regular season. It's going to take place around 8 o'clock on Tuesday nights. I'll answer your questions, give you the latest on what I'm hearing, what we've learned this week from Georgia football. Obviously, they had their first scrimmage on Saturday of the spring season and G-Day, April 17th. We've still got plenty of coverage and things to do to discuss coming up until then. Uh, Mike Griffith actually just published a story on JT Daniels. So after we're done here, go ahead and go out and read that. On DogNation.com, I know I'm going to have a story based on our top uh, top item tonight, George Pickens, and sort of the reaction to him. You know, two weeks later now, after the fact, and without further ado, let's go ahead and, and dive right into it. Um, Kirby Smart had sort of spoken last week about JT Daniels and what the injury situation at wide receiver is looking like. Obviously, George Pickens, he has the ACL injury. Jermaine Burton has a hyperextended knee, where he's still now, fortunately able to condition and work with the team. He's just not going in contact drills. And then Arian Smith suffered a sprained wrist on Saturday. And so talking to Kirby, trying to figure out where things are with JT, we asked him, you know, how do these wide receiver injuries sort of impact him and what does that mean going forward? And I thought Kirby had some very interesting things to say about JT. You can listen to it right here. This is Kirby Smart talking about JT Daniels and all these wide receiver injuries and how the continuity of that position is impacted by it. He has growth he can go through, and um, for him, continuity is important. And, you know, we haven't had great continuity with this back out, that receiver out, he's out. So we've been ping-ponging guys around. That, that, that That's always tough. But I think he's asserted himself more in terms of command of the offense, get the signal, get the call, hurry up, let's go. Oh, we're too late for this motion. we gotta, we got to get into the call. There's a lot of things that help you feel comfortable uh, in terms of being able to call plays, it's an offensive coordinator. He understands those things and does a good job. He has. So you hear Kirby there sort of talk about the impact that these injuries have had on JT this spring. And as he tries to go out and get better and improve this spring, which Georgia absolutely needs him to do, he's having to do it while continuing to develop chemistry with wide receivers. And his top proverbial targets from last year, George Pickens and Jermaine Burton, are both out with various injuries on top of the fact that Georgia – Already missing Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, and Dominic Blaylock this spring due to injuries they had suffered in the 2020 season. It does make things a little bit difficult for JT to sort of improve and grow and develop in the way that I think Georgia really needs him to if they're going to win a national title this season. Now, Georgia's going to get Jermaine Burton back. They're going to get Kiaris Jackson back. The big question, and especially as it pertains to Georgia trying to win its, a national title or at least get to a national title, is what comes next for George Pickens. He has the ACL injury on March 25th. We still haven't officially confirmed yet if he has had his surgery because once he has his surgery, then the clock starts ticking on how quickly he can come back from that injury. Obviously, Brandon had uh, Brad Register 
on last week to sort of talk about the recovery timeline process that it could take anywhere from seven to eight months if it's good and lucky. Obviously, Amari Rogers, the former Clemson wide receiver, did it in about five and a half. But usually around that seven to eight month mark is when you start seeing guys come back from this. And Kirby had mentioned Devad Wilson. Devad Wilson sent out a tweet earlier today, you know, sort of thanking the Georgia staff for getting him back on the field so quickly after tearing his ACL in a spring practice and with George you know the question is okay once he gets that rehab how quickly is he going to be able to complete this rehab process and get back out there because while I don't expect him to look like the George Pickens that we saw at the end of the 2020 season I think the potential threat of him and his ability to make plays is something Georgia is absolutely going to need in this 2021 season JT Daniels had talked about that tonight I'm going to play a little clip for you guys here shortly on it and he said obviously our, our job is more difficult now because we don't have George Pickens out there and JT I think sort of knows a little bit what George is going through here obviously JT tears his ACL and suffers a pretty catastrophic in his own words knee injury at the start of his sophomore season so he knows what the rehab process is like and it's worth remembering with JT it was not an easy recovery process he had to have a second surgery last January and ultimately it took him over 12 months to be fully healthy and ready to go coming off that knee injury so I thought JT's perspective here on George Pickens, what the road ahead looks like for him and sort of how George potentially gets back into the fold and helps this team. I thought it was really interesting from JT to hear his perspective on it. These two guys obviously have great chemistry and made some really significant plays for Georgia at the end of the 2020 season. And it'll be interesting to see if we get to see that from Daniels and Pickens this season. But here's uh, JT sort of talking about George and the impact he has on him and what the road ahead looks like for George Pickens. Thing I think he's got to be there for George the person uh, more than George the player. Um, and as, as a person who's torn his ACL uh, and had a you know catastrophic knee injury, uh, first thing I did was just check in on him, make sure he's okay. And uh, I think the biggest thing for him is that uh, I keep uh, I think his two biggest strengths are his confidence and his uh, his love of football. So I, th- I think it's going to be big for him to and big on me to you know make sure he keeps those two things. Uh, central to him in terms of other receivers uh, obviously yeah we have a we have a we have a loaded receiver room um, and, and it's great to see some of the young guys J-Rob uh, Jermaine before you know just a little knee thing uh, D-Rob's been stepping up Kiaris is always Kiaris uh, you know you, you have a great receiver room and as much as you hate to lose George and you do and there, there's no understating that um, you know you got a lot of guys that are going to work their butt off and you know, try and develop and produce, you know, in any way they can. So you hear JT talk there and sort of give the two halves of it where you're hoping that George comes back and the player and the person is able to successfully navigate this rehab process. And then on the other hand, he looks at and sort of talks about the wide receivers that have really stepped up so far, played well. I found it interesting. The first wide receiver he mentioned is Justin Robinson. I I think Jermaine Burton being a name that he mentioned pretty high up there shows the sort of chemistry that they have developed. And it's something I'm really interested to see continue to blossom into this fall season, especially with Pickens being injured. And obviously Karis Jackson is sort of now as weird as it is to think the veteran in the room, redshirt junior, uh, I believe Demetrius Robertson is the only player older in that wide receiver room there for Georgia. And he talked about George as well. And I thought it's interesting to sort of hear the relationship that they have, what George has sort of been going through these past couple of weeks post-knee injury and where sort of things go from here with Kiaris really having to become the big leader. And, and, and he was already sort of that for Georgia, but now needs to step up and increase his production even more so than he was planning on going to in the 2021 season. So you heard JT had to say about George. Here's what fellow teammate Kiaris Jackson had to say as well. 
When um, Andrew had George, of course, we was all there for him. And um, that's what we're supposed to do as teammates. And But that's all with, with the surges and everything else. That's left to the side. We must more important about what's next. I know with him being down, we still have to continue to play football. So, yeah, I've been um and been in contact with him and things like that. Just praying that everything goes well with his surgery and things like that. And um, we just praying for him. Just hope he comes back healthy and stronger and faster. So yeah, the fact of the matter is, George Pickens is not going to be out there on the sideline against Clemson. And Georgia, at best right now, is hopeful to get him back and hopeful that George can can attack this rehab and get back to a place where he is able to help and contribute on this 2021 Georgia team. I would note you know, eight months from now, from right now, exactly you know, is past the SEC championship game. So he'd have to, as soon as he gets that surgery, continue to work and work hard and get to a point where he can potentially contribute for this Georgia team in 2021. I wouldn't expect it. You know, Kirby had mentioned divide Wilson as a name, someone we brought up earlier who had an ACL injury at the beginning of spring practice and he had said that he'd been cleared around the Florida week. I'd be stunned if George Pickens is back that soon, but there's certainly a chance it could happen. And I think that November stretch, obviously they closed with Georgia Tech. They played Charleston Southern the week before. If George is able to go through this rehab process and get to where he needs to be, I think those last two non-conference games before that big SEC championship game, which I think we all, at least watching here, expect Georgia to play in, if George can get healthy and ready to go for those last two games, I think it's a really nice warm-up opportunity for him to potentially get back out there for that SEC championship game and make a potential impact on this team. Uh, I, I don't have the clip here for you, but JT, obviously, it came out and said tonight, yeah, our job is harder now because we don't have George Pickens out there. He is the most talented wide receiver Georgia had on this team. I believe in the four games with Daniels and Pickens out there on the field, Pickens had 23 catches for 373 yards and four touchdowns, was poised to be the school's first ever 1,000-yard receiver, second over, excuse me, I don't want to insult uh, the great Terrence Edwards there and forget him from the history books, but... Uh, Pickens is just a singularly great talent. He is someone who is a ton of fun to watch. Uh, I think college football is a little worse off without him out there making plays. Georgia certainly is, and it's going to be up to Daniels, Jackson, Jermaine Burton, a couple of guys we're going to talk about here in our next segment to sort of step up and replace what Pickens brought to this team because there is just a lot of stuff that he does and can do that is not easy to replace. And ultimately with Pickens, if we see him again in a Georgia uniform because he is eligible for the NFL draft after the season, it's going to be up to George Pickens, the person. And if he's able to go through rehab and attack it the way we have heard and seen that he attacks the practice field in the game of football, if he's able to do that and in a mature way respond to this injury, I do think we have a, ch a good chance of hearing from him during the 2021 season. And that is a huge boost to Georgia as it goes and tries to win not just an SEC championship or get to the college fo football playoff, but to win a national title. So that's our first segment of the night. My name is Connor Riley. We just talked a little bit about George Pickens and what his injury means and how his teammates have reacted to it. Uh, Connor and coverage, we talk the latest in Georgia football every Tuesday night here. I'm on Tuesday mornings with Brandon on Dog Nation Daily. Moving on into our second topic here, uh, I wrote this morning about some early enrollees and where they're progressing and where they are right now because obviously they're a fascination. There are 16 of them. In at Georgia's practice right now, Kirby remarked before Sunday or Saturday scrimmage that they were a little nervous, which is to be expected, as it was their first time in a big scrimmage. But there are two guys, especially on the offensive side of the ball specifically, that have gotten a little bit of praise. And obviously, Kirby wants to temper expectations here with some of these guys to not let them get so big headed or, you know, not let them think that they're better than they are at this point. Because again, these guys, this is Brock Bowers and Adonai Mitchell's 10th practice here at Georgia. But 
Those are the two guys that, from the sounds of it, are doing the best of adapting to the college level of learning how to practice and play like a college football player. And, and Bowers is not surprising to me, just given you know what he was coming in as. He was a borderline top 100 recruit, someone who had earned praise. And I think, interestingly enough, he has a skill set that no one else in that tight end room has. And offers really good speed, acceleration, something that Darnell Washington and John Fitzpatrick don't exactly have that same sort of skill set there. So I found it very interesting. I asked Kirby about it because I'm working on a story on Bowers, and he had some very glowing, I think, things to say about Brock Bowers, pushing back a little bit, saying, you know, obviously there are areas he can prove specifically in the run game. But I thought what Kirby Smart had to say about Brock Bowers on Saturday was very encouraging for his development and ultimately usage within the Georgia offense during the 2021 season. A talented guy, uh, bright, he's learning quickly. Um, he's physically gifted with some speed and burst and great hands. Um, got a, you know, got a ways to go in the blocking game in terms of the run game, but that's something he's going to develop because he has toughness. Uh, he's going to continue to work in the weight room to get stronger and do some things, but he can do things with the ball in his hands and he's a good athlete. So, well, this kid lined up at tailback in high school and, and, and made plays. So he's used to carrying the ball. So, you know, Brock Powers isn't going to be a dominating player. He's not going to be Kyle Pitts right away for Georgia. But I do find it encouraging that Kirby Smart is already going out there and saying, hey, this is a guy that can bring a different skill set to this Georgia team, to this Georgia offense in particular, as someone who can be sort of that everything tight end, maybe like a George Kittle type, Travis Kelsey. Actually, Travis Kelsey might be a better comp for him than George Kittle, just given Kittle is a very physical blocker, and that is clearly an area that I believe uh, Brock Bowers has to improve in. But, you know, you heard Kirby talk about the speed, the acceleration, the hands, the just ability for him to make plays on the field. And Chris Smith was asked about Brock Bowers tonight and actually sort of gave glowing praise for for Bowers, even mentioning that Bowers had made a pretty impressive play on Chris Smith, a veteran safety, a guy who's going to be a big part of this Georgia defense. And I thought what Smith had to say is just another encouraging sign here for Brock Bowers and what he could potentially bring to Georgia right away as an early enrollee. Brock, he, uh, he's an excellent player. You know, he's a smart run, route runner. You know, he got a good amount of speed a couple times. He didn't broke a lot of ankles on me. I didn't had to uh, speed it up a little bit to catch him and hug him down. I didn't know he was that fast. But, you know, Brock's a good, great player, real level-headed. And, you know, all he wants to do is work and complete just like everybody else. Yeah, you know, one of the things you're going to consistently hear when these guys all sort of talk about these early enrollees is they don't want to give them too much or put too much praise or too much responsibility on them right away because that's just a lot to ask out of a lot of these guys who could probably be high school seniors right now getting ready for prom or whatever they're doing around the country at their respective high schools. I know Brock Bowers didn't get a chance to play high school football this fall because of California making the decision to move the season to the spring. So I find it very encouraging for Brock, someone who hasn't really played competitive football since fall of 2019 for him to come in and do what he is doing so far I think is a very encouraging sign for his development obviously now this is where we list not the negative so much but the obvious areas where he has to improve learning the playbook is something every freshman is going to have to do the physicality part of a game is going to be very important for him especially if he's to get on the field on a consistent basis now Georgia does like to play two tight end sets but when you have John Fitzpatrick who JT Daniels said some really nice things about tonight look that look for that in a story in the coming weeks 
and Darnell Washington as well. Those guys just have physical edges over Brock Bowers. So Brock's going to have to make up some room and physically grow into the body that he has in order to find a way onto the field consistently in both rushing and passing situations. Because you know maybe from an athlete standpoint, I, I think Bowers is every bit as good as Washington and Fitzpatrick as pass catchers. And that is going to be a really interesting development to watch over the course of the season and how he gets involved because – Tight end is something that at Georgia, it is always a sort of point of fascination. I'm sure it is like this with every team around the country. Uh, you know, we always ask, well, you look at what Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, Darren Waller, those guys all do at the NFL level. You look at Kyle Pitts at Florida a season ago. Why don't we have similar usage to that? And obviously some of it, I, I think, has been talent in recent years. But with Fitzpatrick becoming a real veteran now, Darnell Washington making that leap from a freshman to a sophomore, and then a guy like Bowers coming in, this tight end room is looking like a real asset to this Georgia offense. And it'll be interesting to see how Bowers fits into that. Now, the other guy, the other early, early enrollee pass catcher that's gotten some really impressive praise is Adonai Mitchell. And his story is a little similar to Bowers, a little bit different. Like Bowers, he did not play high school football last fall, but that's not because the state that he was living in made the decision to move it to the spring. On the contrary, Adonai Mitchell reclassified to the 2021 recruiting cycle in hopes of jumpstarting his recruiting effort, and he did. And even at one point in time, he was committed to Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, but he ultimately makes the decision to flip to Georgia and arrive as an early enrollee, did not play last fall, and instead was working with personal trainer, improving, working on his craft and game. And it sounds like that move has helped Mitchell quite a bit. He is, uh, I mean, obviously one of two freshman wide receiver signees, Jackson Meeks being the other, and both those guys are already on campus. But with the injuries that Georgia has had at the wide receiver position, Adonai Mitchell is someone who has really made some impressive plays early. Six foot four, got great size coming in, and he's a advanced route runner. And while he might not be a speedster or the leaper that George Pickens is, for him to have come in and turned some heads already, I think is a very encouraging sign for Mitchell going forward and what we see. Terrence Edwards, who we mentioned earlier on the show, knows this wide receiver position better than anyone, especially when it comes to the state of or to the Georgia football program. He shared this on Twitter over the weekend. He was at practice last Thursday. I had a lot of people reach out to me after I went to UJ's practice on Thursday trying to get information. Well, here's a tidbit for you. Adonai Mitchell is going to shock a lot of people. And Terrence Edwards is not necessarily always the big hype man, the guy who tries to gas up players. He knows and understands his wide receiver position very well, has worked with guys like a Jermaine Burton, like a Dominic Blaylock. And for him to come out and say this about Adonai Mitchell carries a ton of weight and... And you're going to hear Terrence on Thursday on Dog Nation Daily, as has always been the case there. He helps out on our Dog Nation postgame shows as well. But for Mitchell to sort of get that stamp of approval from Terrence Edwards, I think speaks volumes to what he could potentially do and bring to this team this fall. Obviously, without Pickens, they're going to need another physical receiver to step up and play right away. And we've seen the last two years, Georgia has gotten usage out of freshman wide receivers. Obviously, Dominic uh, Blaylock and George Pickens have big years in 2019. But even Jermaine Burton last year, 23 catches for 400 yards and a couple of touchdowns. If you're a freshman in this offense, you can play. And especially with some of the injuries, Blaylock and Marcus Rosemey-Jackson coming back from injury, there's going to be an opportunity if a guy like Adonai Mitchell is able to win reps and go out there and make plays. And from hearing JT Daniels talk about Adonai Mitchell, I find it very interesting. You know, he took that last fall, I don't want to say off, but he was working with a trainer, working on his own. It sounds like that decision has actually really helped him 
emerge and, and contribute right away in this Georgia team because he sort of took that business approach last fall of, hey, I got to be the self-starter here. I don't have a team to go out and play with or a coach to go play for. I have to put this all on myself. And in hearing JT Daniels talk about him, I found that very encouraging just given that's not always the case, especially with a lot of these guys who are transferring in from high school or coming from the high school ranks. So for JT Daniels, and I'm going to play the clip here in a second, for JT to say this about Adane Mitchell, that only, I think, increases the... I hate using this, but the hype train surrounding this really talented wide receiver that I'm excited to get to see come G-Day. You know, I'm I'm definitely a fan of AD. Uh, One thing I can say that jumped out to me initially was uh, when he first got here um, and I had my throwing sessions with the receivers. Uh, He was a consistent show. He was there every time. Uh, And, you know, he liked to run. Uh, He'd get his conditioning in. Um, I think he talked about how he plays. He's got great twitch and, you know, he's going to develop to be a great young player. And, uh, you know, we just got to, let him take his time and learn the system and do his thing. And, you know, I think he'll be a good football player. Uh, you know. Now, obviously this isn't to say that Brock Bowers and Adonai Mitchell are the only two early enrollees who are doing some impressive things right now. Lavasia Carroll has turned some heads. I know JT Daniels had said some encouraging things about Brock Vandergriff and his willingness to learn right away. But you know, all these guys, again, you hear it so often from these guys and you can hear more of the player interviews on the Dog Nation YouTube page. These guys are learning how to play and practice like college athletes, and that's a big jump coming from the high school level. And so I expect in time we're going to hear from guys like Amarius Mims, Nylon Green, or David Daniel in the secondary there, a Chaz Chambliss at outside linebacker. But right now, for, for Bowers and Mitchell, 10 practices in to be making plays and, and turning heads, so to speak, I think it's a really encouraging sign for the development and say, hey, Bowers was someone I know I had spoken highly of coming in and thought he had some real potential to make an early impact. But for Mitchell to do what he's done early on, I think is really encouraging for this Georgia program. So that's our second topic tonight. We've talked about wide receivers already. Uh, George Pickens, what, uh, where he is at, what comes next for him. And then Adonai Mitchell a little bit. Brock Bowers is a tight end, but I'm going to count him as a pass catcher in this uh, circumstance. So moving on to our final topic of the night here. We're going to talk about Adam Anderson a little bit. Uh, we had Aziz Ojolari on Dog Nation Daily today, and obviously he's preparing for the draft. I expect him to be a first-round draft pick. He's going to make some NFL team very happy and I think be a very good and consummate professional at the NFL level, I think sort of like you've seen with DeAndre Swift and Aziz Ojolari. And obviously towards the end of the interview, we asked, well, what do you think about the guys coming – coming, or, excuse me, let me reset here, calm down, use your words, Connor – what do you think about the guys coming back? Obviously, he played with Adam Anderson. They were both a part of that 2018 recruiting class. Nolan Smith played similar position at that jack spot. Robert Beal, someone he knows very well as well. What do you think, Aziz, of those returning pass rushers? And obviously, he's not gonna. He's going to be very complimentary of those guys, his teammates and friends. But I found what he said specifically about Adam Adam Anderson here to be very interesting and someone who made some real flashes last season, and I think is someone who could make a big jump. So for me to hear Aziz Ojolari, I'm going to play the clip right here for you. For Aziz Ojolari to say this about Adam Anderson, I I think is very encouraging to what he might be for this Georgia defense in 2021. Dominate, definitely, for sure. Next season coming up, I I expect him to dominate. The, The standard is there for them to set and go after it and, you know, all the boys could play, so Rob definitely. I expect Rob to get out there, make big plays. Noah Smith for sure, and I know Adam. Adam is on a different level. I believe Adam throw up some crazy numbers up there. With it. I believe Adam could get in double digits of sacks and Nolan too. So it should be a great, great time watching those boys. I can't wait to watch them play for sure. So yeah, Aziz Ojolari comes out and says, "I think Adam Anderson 
can get 10 sacks for this team. And, and that's a very impressive number. I think if Z's had gotten a full 12 or 13 game schedule last season, he would have gotten to that 12, that double digit mark. He had eight and a half in 10 games. And really, I, I think when you factor in that, those would have been G5, Georgia Tech, FCS programs that really added to the Georgia schedule. I, I think Z's number would have clearly cleared 10. But the last player to hit double-digit sacks for Georgia was Jarvis Jones all the way back in 2012. And Jarvis, obviously a great player, one of the best players of the 21st century for the Georgia program. And, and, his, and Adam Anderson, he obviously has that pass-rushing skill. His get-off speed might be better than anyone in college, in college football. I thought there was a chance he could have gone pro after this year just because he was going to test so well athletically, and that would have garnered someone, I believe, taking a chance on him in the fourth and fifth rounds. So he makes the decision to come back to Georgia. And, you know, obviously I think the expectation for him that he's going to put on all this weight and be this guy that can play hand in the dirt, three, four outside linebacker in certain situations. Uh, he's just not going to be that guy, but that's okay. And Georgia understands that. And they know, Hey, there are ways to get creative and go about using Adam Anderson and optimizing Adam Anderson with what he can possibly do on the football field. Obviously, you think back to a guy like Lorenzo Carter, Leonard Floyd, similarly skinny, long pass rushers who may not physically hold up all that well, but are able to move around so it'll be queen of the chessboard type pieces. Obviously, Isaiah Simmons is the, the, the prototype of that, but he was more of a safety that could play linebacker, whereas I think uh, Adam Anderson is someone a, a, who is a linebacker who potentially play a little bit of safety. But we heard Kirby Smart talk about finding ways to get Adam Anderson, quite frankly, on the field more this season because I think uh, Nolan Smith is going to slide into that jack position quite a bit. And, you know, this sort of backs up what Aziz had said. If Adam Anderson is on the field a lot more, I I think that's going to open up a lot of opportunities for him really and allow NFL teams to show, hey, I can be a versatile defender for you guys in addition to rushing the passer. I can do a lot of different things. And I think that is a big reason why Adam Anderson came back. It is to become a more creative and innovative piece of this Georgia defense. This is what Kirby Smart had to say about getting creative with that outside linebacker position and specifically Adam Anderson looking for more creative ways, but we've already been looking for more creative ways. And that room's not as deep as it was. So I don't know like where your barometer is, but when you think about Aziz leaving and Jermaine being gone, uh, it's quite different uh, in that room. And there's not um, as many guys in there. Of course, I don't, I never know who y'all are counting. You know, I don't know if you're counting a guy that's injured or maybe a guy's playing inside backer. I don't know who they are, but you know, Adam is, is uh, not, a normal outside backer. He, he does a lot of different things. He's playing nickel star for us now, and he still plays outside backer some on third down. So you hear Kirby talk there, finding ways to get creative, playing him at a star, using him as a sort of jack-of-all-trades kind of player. And obviously Georgia brings in Tyke Smith, a, a, a very talented player out of West Virginia, someone who I think is going to play a lot for Georgia at that star position. But Georgia's going to find ways to use Adam Anderson in a variety of different ways, a, a way to really attack opposing teams because I think Kirby sort of admitted to this in this past year the defense that he had grown up playing the way he had always used to coach at Alabama and even his early days at Georgia unfortunately that just doesn't win you games anymore and specifically doesn't win you those big games against an Alabama and LSU etc you need to be able to affect the passer you need to be able to create negative plays and of the players returning to Georgia this season no one created more negative plays last year than and then Adam Anderson six and a half sacks and someone who really terrorized opposing quarterbacks when he was just allowed to say hey go get the quarterback so if you're using Adam Anderson and Nolan Smith we can mention here as well as guys who can be disruptive players on first and second down if Georgia is able to consistently force third and longs where they can just say Adam put your hand on the line 
go get the opposing quarterback. He's going to get quite a few sacks for Georgia this year. Brandon Adams has talked a lot about 40 being the magic number for Georgia to get to. They're going to have the defense that they really need to to contend and win a national title. And actually, if Georgia had played a 13-game schedule last season, they would have gotten to exactly 40 sacks. So it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, replacing Aziz Ojolari is not an easy task. There's a reason he's going to be a first-round draft pick. They have to replace Jermaine Johnson as well, who is a similarly versatile outside linebacker there. But Adam Anderson is someone who I think is a real opportunity to show, hey, I'm not the same physical player that Aziz Ojolari is, but I can impact the game in as many, if not more, ways for this Georgia program in 2021. And if he makes that leap and looks like the player that he showed at times during that 2020 season and does that on a greater basis in 2021, I, I think, you know, obviously we're not going to forget Aziz Ojolari, but people are going to make the, the sports radio, you know, are we sure Adam Anderson wasn't a better player than Aziz Ojolari? I, I think Adam has that potential, and he always has. That's why he came into the program as a five-star, and even when he was still sort of learning the defense and trying to get bulked up, you saw in that 2018, uh, 2019 SEC championship game against LSU, while Georgia had more talented outside linebackers out there, Anderson's athleticism just makes it hard to keep him off the field. I'm glad to see that Georgia is using that athleticism in different ways to where they can find a, a spot to get Adam Anderson and keep him on the field at all times because there just are not many players in college football, I think, that are as good at attacking the quarterback and affecting and creating the negative plays that you really need to create in college football in 2021 than Adam Anderson. Obviously, Nolan Smith is a big name to know there as well. It'll be interesting to see who is that third outside linebacker. You think back to the 2017 team, DeAndre Walker was a really significant piece of that defense and him being able to sort of spell either Lorenzo Carter or Devin Bellamy there I think would be very important. It Could it be MJ Sherman? Is it going to be Robert Beal? Obviously Sherman is out this spring with labrum surgery. Beal the veteran there. Chaz Chambliss is someone that's come in and is an early enrollee and Kirby has said some nice things about him at that outside linebacker position. Could Xavier Sori line up there? He's certainly got the physical size I think to do so but we'll see where he comes on his injury. So that outside linebacker position is going to be really interesting and I just realized uh, I have not had the proper lower third. There we go. Uh, right as I wrap up the segment here. So yeah, as the lower third says, Aziz Ojolari says Adam Anderson can get to double-digit sacks in this coming season, and I'll be interested to see if Anderson gets the opportunities to do so, because if he does, I, I believe he has the talent to get to double-digit sacks. It's, is Georgia going to put him in the situation enough to impact and affect the quarterback? And quite frankly, they need him, I think, to get to double-digit sacks, along with, you know, it's not unrealistic, I think, for, for Adam Anderson over a 13-game schedule to go from six and a half sacks to 10 sacks or 11 sacks. Can Nolan Smith similarly go from two and a half sacks a season ago in 10 games? Can he get to six and a half, seven sacks? It's not so much that you have to necessarily replace everything that Aziz and Jermaine Johnson brought in from a season ago because they're just not. You have to find ways for guys like Adam Anderson and Nolan Smith to incrementally get better. And another guy that we talked about before, Trayvon Walker, is going to be asked to do the similar thing. I think he only had a half sack a season ago. Is he someone who can get four or five sacks used in a more attacking role this season? I think that is absolutely going to be something to watch for this season. So recapping our show, what life is like for George Pickens in the next coming months and what it means, what his teammates had to say about him. Brock Bowers and Adonai Mitchell really turning heads early on, making plays, looking like, hey, they maybe could contribute early on, early on being a very obviously wide definition there, but someone who could make plays for Georgia come this fall. And then wrapping things up, talking a little bit about Adam Anderson there. That's our show for tonight. But before we go, we've got some questions I'm sure you guys have, and I will do my best to answer them. So go ahead and ask away as I pull up YouTube here and do my best Brandon Adams uh, impersonation. There we go. 
Uh, let's see. Green Soldier, good to see you in here. Um, let's see. Yeah, James Glenn, I think Brock Bowers can be a compliment to, George, to uh, not George Washington. Uh, I don't think George Washington would be all that good of a football player, but uh, Darnell Washington, if, if you know, John Fitzpatrick is a name to know, and he's going to play a lot this year. And he was not some megastar recruit, but he is someone who has clearly impressed coaches, clearly impressed players. JT Daniels had some really nice things to say about him. But, boy, if you can find ways going forward for Darnell and Brock Bowers to both be on the field at the same time, it's going to make things very difficult for opposing defenses, just given you have a hard enough time matching up with one of those guys to put both of those physical mismatches out there where you have to decide, do I play the slow-footed linebacker against him or do I put the undersized safety on those guys? And granted, everyone is undersized compared to Darnell Washington, but if you're able to play both of those guys and certain formations, I don't expect Todd Munkin to experiment with that just given he's a very good offensive mind. I think it's going to open up a lot of doors for this Georgia offense going forward. Uh, Let's see. Um... Thomas Tyson, I don't think it's unreasonable to think Kirby can get at least one rig this de- ring this decade. He almost won it all at 41 years old. Yeah, uh, national championship, it's always going to be the big question following Kirby Smart there. Obviously, I think you look at a team like Gonzaga, who has done just about everything you can, been a multiple Final Fours, been a multiple national championship games in recent years, uh, does as good a job as anyone is developing a program. They have mastered the art of the transfer and seem like one of the teams really capable and ready to handle these sort of incoming transfer rules that I believe will be passed next Thursday, April 15th. And the one thing that they unfortunately still lose them is the national championship. And that's just going to be something that follows them until they do it. I think similarly to Thomas's point, you know, Kirby needs time. Nick Saban did not win a national title in his six years as a head coach. He was not Alabama at year six. He was a much further developed head coach there. And Kirby is going to be doing, I think the same thing. I think, I think as, as trying and as difficult as last season was, for the Georgia program, I do think you saw some re- some real encouraging signs of growth. I think the admittance that, hey, you have to play a certain way on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball, that's not easy for coaches just given they tend to be stepping by nature. And while, yes, he hasn't won a national title yet, for Kirby to accomplish what he accomplished in his first five years as a head coach, it'd be very easy to say, hey, I've been successful doing it this way, so I'm going to continue to do it this way because success has begetted success. So, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Kirby had just sort of stuck to his guns and say, I'm determined to win this way. But I think that last year, as difficult as the Alabama and Florida losses were, I think you sort of saw the changes that you'd want to see a coach make as they go about and try and win a national title. And you know, if we're still here talking 10 years from now about Kirby winning a national title and he still hasn't done that, then obviously it's a very different conversation around Kirby Smart. But I, I, I think... Again, I still believe at some point over, and to use Thomas's term, over the next decade, I, I do believe Georgia will be in a position to win at least a national championship. They already did so in 2017, and I believe Kirby is a good enough recruiter, and really I think now has a good eye of what to look for from the coaching side um, to really go out there and sort of make the things and do the things that you need to to win a national championship. Um, let's see. Um, questions and comments. Um, John Adams, I believe you were talking, uh, not Adane, uh, I believe you were talk- referring to Darren Branch. He was a 2020 signee a, a, at cornerback who left the team last fall and then came back. Uh, let's see. Uh, Green Soldier. Kirby has said, uh, in regards to the outside linebacker position and where it is, it's not as deep as it was a few seasons ago, and I think it'll be really interesting Hopefully we're able to get back to practice and really get back to games where we're able to see some of this stuff up close and personal. 
is Xavier and Sori to the answer to your question really depends on is Xavier and Sori or Schmelman or either one of them working at that outside linebacker position. I have heard that Munden is working primarily as an inside linebacker, and I believe Sori is a guy who could possibly cross-train at either one of those two positions. Outside of that, MJ Sherman, unfortunately for him, he's not practicing this spring due to a labrum injury. I think if you had him out there, you would feel a lot better about the young outside linebacker talent. But Adam Anderson is a senior. Robert Beal is a senior. Nolan Smith is going to be a draft-eligible junior, which seems crazy because it also just seems like he just got here. So this outside linebacker room is not quite as young as it used to be, and it'll be interesting to see in this 2022 recruiting class how they go about shoring up that room. Obviously, they already have a commit and a guy from Darius Smith who similar length and measurables to Adam Anderson, uh, the guy they're really pursuing at that sort of similar jack position that Aziz had occupied in Nolan Smith was Jeremiah Alexander, and obviously he's out of Alabama, was a one-time Alabama commit. That's going to be a very intense recruiting battle for Georgia to go and try and win that. But the outside linebacker room certainly isn't as deep as it was in, in recent seasons, and I think your definition of good young talent really depends on where Xavier Sori in particular is lining up because Chaz Chambliss is the only definitive guy we know playing that outside linebacker spot from the 2021 signing class. Um, let's see. And I'll answer. This will be the last one. Green soldier, obviously one of my favorites. Uh, salute to you, sir. Um, asking about the wide receivers, who's someone we've heard a lot about. Um, you know, obviously I think Jermaine Burton was having a really great spring prior to his injury and going down there and he's going to be fine. A hyperextended knee. If, you know, fortunately this isn't the regular season, otherwise he might miss it close to a month, but he'll be fine and good to go. Among the wide receivers, I touched a little bit on Adonai Mitchell on tonight's show. The other one is Justin Robinson, a guy, physical presence, someone who I think could replace a little bit, not obviously a replica of him, but what George Pickens brought. 6'4", we got a chance to interview him at Dog Nation, I think the day he signed back in the 2020 class. He's just a very physically impressive player and sort of used that first year, obviously bothered a little bit by injuries there, but developed, really learned how to practice. And it's still Kirby has said this, learning how to give 110% on each and every practice rep. And so if he's continuing to learn that, I absolutely believe he's got the physical gifts and there's a real opportunity for him at that X position, which George Pickens had played. And it sounds like he's doing really well this spring. It'll be interesting to see how he gets used on G day. And if he has a big day there, I I think that's going to be a name. I think every Georgia fan knows or will know going into fall camp in August of 2021. So Justin Robinson is someone who has earned a lot of praise and is someone who I'm going to be really interested to see how he finishes out these final five practices this spring and really goes into the fall and looks to contribute during this season. But that's about the 40-minute mark. That means it is certainly time for us to go. That is our show tonight. My name is Connor Riley. This has been Connor in coverage. We do this every Tuesday night. You can follow me on Twitter, at Riley. We're talking all things Georgia football, recruiting, spring practice. We've got G-Day, April 17th. Uh, big day for the NCAA next week. They are expected to ultimately announce the one-time transfer rule that will allow players to move without having to set out a season. That will have a huge impact on the college football world and really college basketball just as well there. You've got Mike Griffiths on the beach show on Monday night. You've got Jeff Centel tomorrow night with Before the Hedges. He's going to probably preview G-Day and what this sort of recruiting scene looks like there. George has been an absolute tear recruiting-wise as of late. No cover for this Thursday, but obviously Brandon Adams, Dog Nation Daily every Monday through Friday. Uh, my name is Connor Riley. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in. We'll have a story up on George Pickens tomorrow morning, bright and early for you guys. Uh... Check out my work on Twitter at K Connor Riley. Obviously, follow Dog Nation for all the latest. But 
Thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you have a wonderful Tuesday night. My name is Connor Riley. Thanks for watching Connor and Coverage. Thank you.